The Money Show. The Markets. To Arthur Karras we go. He is a portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group, and we've just been hearing the sorry tale of South Africa's platinum group metal sector. Arthur, can you give us any sort of sense as to if and when and how long it's going to take for any sort of recovery to materialize for, for companies in the sector? Well, some of this dates back to a... Um, uh, in fact, to the Ukrainian-Russian conflict where car companies concerned saw some of these metals, if um, we see, saw sanctions being put onto the Russian uh, PGM producers. So they stockpiled these materials, bought up and out of them so they wouldn't have to worry about that. Um, so we, we're still trying to work through some of those stockpiles because there never have been any sanctions placed on PGM group metals. Um, at the same time, we've had quite strong uh, battery electric vehicle sales um, in, in some countries and a pretty stagnant car market globally. We all rushed off board cars when they became available post-COVID, um, but now we're seeing the impact of, of high interest rates um, on consumers around the world. So nothing much happening on the car sales side. Um, some of those car sales being eaten by, up by battery electric vehicles and at the same time um, people... Um, sitting with stockpiles of the metal that they need to work their way through. So we're, we're in that part of the cycle. Um, obviously, these stockpiles are not going to last forever. They'll get, uh, they'll get worked through, and the signs are that that is starting to happen. Um, at the same time, people are now kind of doubtful about exactly how many of these battery electric vehicles or how much share they're going to take of the overall car market over what period of time. So some of those numbers have been pulled back. But in the short term, there's nothing good happening to these platinum group metal companies. At least the only good thing that's happening is that we're not seeing any big expansion of mines. We're seeing pretty much um, some uh, old capacity being replaced as it dies out, but we're not seeing expansion of supply. Yeah, I mean, here's, here's the thing. I mean, even Hertz, for example, the big car hire company, was um, got rid of 20,000 vehicles from its global fleet of, re- of, of electric vehicles. The, the replacement cost of batteries, the repair costs on these electric vehicles suddenly make them a lot less attractive than they were thought to be as an environmental solution, say, a year or two ago. So, yes, it's a sector that continues to come under pressure and no sort of um, sense of an improvement anytime soon, even though people like Neil Froneman are calling the bottom of pricing it means that you know the price could stay at these or slightly lower levels for a considerable period of time, which as costs go up to mine and as the cost of production goes up and wage pressures increase, companies like Anglo-American Platinum and Northern also warned on profits today have to reassess the size and scale of their operations. So they're all sitting with, with, with pretty good balance sheets, or at least the two that reported today, sitting with pretty strong balance sheets. So they're not in any financial distress, but they're saying, we need to be prepared for this lasting a year or two. So they're looking at the amount of capital that they spend, and these mines all spend a vast amount of capital, both on sustaining their operations and if they need to expand any of them. So they're making strategic decisions around that, say, what can we put off for a year or two? What can't we avoid doing? So you're definitely going to see some work on CapEx. And then as Northern did today, they're saying, look, you know, we're going to have to look at our workforce, uh, and, and in order to keep the whole thing alive, we, we're, we're potentially going to let, have to let some people go. Um, so it's another thing, just around 4,000 people that they're, that they're um, kind of warned under a Section 189 process that their jobs might be in danger. So you're going to see cost cutting. So absolutely, that's very much part of where we are in the cycle.
But there's an entire ecosystem threat here as well. The companies that supply the 620 firms, and we've just been chatting to the chief executive about that. A huge, you know, sort of knock-on effect. This isn't just about jobs on the mines themselves. There are entire you know, towns that are going to see uh, economic slowdowns as a result. Towns that are heavily dependent on a single industry. That single industry being platinum. Yes, if you go a bit further back, I mean, a lot of South African industrial companies had their roots in the original gold booms that took place some hundreds of years ago and, and built up around to supply those industries. So when, when these companies cut back, the people that supply them with wear parts, the people that supply them with other services, all of those people are impacted. Um, and, and, and as you, uh, as we all know, the last couple of years, all these companies have poured a lot of money into provision. They all, they all want to be less dependent on ESCOM and coal. So there's already a lot of money has gone into that. Um, so that's maybe been a boon for some people, but definitely the cycle that we're in now is going to hurt more than just the companies around the, uh, the companies themselves. It's going to, it's going to affect the entire ecosystem that, that directly and indirectly that they're involved with. I was surprised to see the telecom share price go up on a day where they warned that their profitability was under a huge amount of pressure, that their revenues were growing um, below the inflation rate. And I just looked at that uh, trading update today and I thought that was incredibly bad news late. And yet the share price went up 4.5%. It was a little bit better than expected and maybe a little bit better than Vodacom's numbers. So I think that cheered people. But telecom squarely is a situation where management knows that they've got a business that's Slowly shrinking, being the, the old fixed-line copper wire business, they've got two other businesses that are growing at a reasonable pace, being the fiber to the home um, and being the, um, the, the mobile network business. And then they've got a business at a cyclical low, the BCX, the corporate telecoms and IT business. So they've, they, for a number of years, have been saying, if we want to make um, add value to our shareholders, we need to look at different ways other than growing our profits. Because even if we work really hard on the growing parts of the business, We've got this weight of the old copper businesses, the old legacy businesses that are going to slow us down, saying, what else can we do? Um, and they've been doing this for a couple of years. So one of the things that they're currently looking at doing it is selling off their towers, their, their mobile telephony towers, and those sites off to another company and then leasing that space back from, from them. And that will release a large amount of capital in the company that they can use either to reduce debt or pay out to shareholders or invest in other areas. I think that's the path that the company is on, and I think the market was another announcement today saying they've made some progress on this, this tower deal, and I think the market took a bit of cheer from that. Um, ShopRite in the retail sector is regarded as the big daddy. It can do no wrong at the moment. Um, Sean Summers was brought in to rescue pick and pay five, four months ago, probably, and the market has not been that excited. But there has been in the last week or two uh, just a little bit more excitement, just a little bit more friction, just a little bit more optimism being expressed by investors and people keen, uh, it would seem, to start backing a potential Sean Summers turnaround. We're certainly seeing it from institutional shareholders. Are you yet looking to uh, top up on pick and pay just yet? Well, we met him recently, and I must say he is the most energetic 70-year-old that I've ever come across yes. in my life. He would, he, would never, he would never be able to guess his age based on his, um, on his, uh, on his energy yeah. levels and his enthusiasm for the task, but he's very realistic about that task. This is not the kind of thing where you can pull a few levers and everything is right. This is a company that has kind of like compounded some of its errors over time and given ShopRite the breathing room to expand the way that they have. 
So he's under no illusion. Certainly, that's a big task um, to to tackle. But I think that definitely, whenever you have a new manager coming in, especially someone with a strong track record, that's a signal to investors to go and take a closer look at it. Go and see um, what you're being asked to pay for this turnaround. Go and have a look at it, and 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 perhaps there's something there. I have no doubt that there will be an improvement in pick and pay. It's just a question of how long it takes, and and you know how you know how patient you prepare to be with it. Because as yet, you know, there's been a few management changes, but there's nothing tangible that we can point to to say, okay, you know, um, this is what's happened, or this is what's happening, and we can see that there's going to be progress from it. So it's probably still early days yet, but there's always someone out there who's prepared to put money on it in the early stage and say, I'm patient. I'll wait for this to come right. After all, notwithstanding their corporate concerns, they're still a massive brand name in the country. Um, most of us shop there at some point during the during the month. Um, they've still got a big share of market, and they should definitely be able to do something with that. Arthur Karras with the Old Mutual Investment Group. Thank you, Arthur.